Welcome to the Kinky Cast, a sexually explicit podcast. If you are under 18 years of age, stop the podcast now. This is episode 173 of our weekly exploration in the kinky world of BDSM and alternative relationships. Views expressed are not representative of the management of the kinky cast. We welcome guests with opposing viewpoints. Today, we bring you, Preacher, Bear, Podcaster and Kinkster. Here's your hosts, Woody and the Beast. Thanks, Max, and welcome to another edition of the Kinky Cast. Sitting next to me is the very healthy. Yes, yes, yes. I am glowing, and the booba is getting bigger and bigger. Well, that sounds like a personal problem. Well, uh, yeah. People that know me know about the booba. Okay. But it's warming up. The hemline's coming up. Have you noticed that? Woody? It's a pleasant time of the year. The, yes, the, the nice yes, weather. It is. You know, if we go outside, you, you know, we'll sneeze our heads off, but on the same token, the view is very nice. I will take the view and a few sneezes. You betcha. Uh, but we got a guest with us that comes from a not so warm climate. He's still thawing out way up there north. We got the preacher bear with us. Hey. Evening, fellas. How cold is it? Actually, it's not bad. Actually, I, I end up barbecuing for dinner earlier. So, I don't know. Uh, let's see. Celsius, I'd say probably somewhere in the eight degrees, which. Yeah, that's still pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, well, you know, that's damn near close to summer for us, right? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. The great white north, as they call it. That's right. Uh-huh. Actually, we, we got pretty off pretty easy this year. A pretty mild winter, all things. It was a mild winter all the way around. We're just real curious what that means for summer. Uh, it means we're going to get killed with heat. Oh, man. Air conditioning bills, here we come. That's it. All right. So, Preacher Bear, where did that name come from? I've always associated myself with that creature. Also, from the aspect of, I guess, from sexuality, it fits, obviously. And then also a friend of mine just basically just started calling me, calling me a preacher and the friends just basically stuck the two together. And that's who I became because I tend to just gab a lot. So, <laughs> so you have a lot to say about a lot of things. I do. I do. I'm, I'm, I tend to be a mouthpiece at times, but you know, good natured. In the world of kink, how did you come about it? I got dragged into it kicking and screaming by my wife. Uh, <laughs> It was one of those things uh, where I had always had a little bit of, you know, I knew it. It, it was, you know, you see the the outfits and, and, you know, the latex and all that stuff. And, and you're thinking, okay, this is erotic. This is, you know, really hot. I never really delved into it. Uh, my wife, when we got together, she's, you know, she started coming around and going, hey, you know what? Let's go check this out. So we went to like one of the sexapaloozas and whatnot and started checking stuff out. And um, then we just it basically just started out that way and just, you know, became the your typical bedroom kinksters. Right. Trying out new things, uh, being able to uh, explore our own you know, sexualities and our kinks. And that's and it just snowballed from there. And um you know, several, what, that's well over a decade and about eight years that we've been out, uh, into the community that we started actually engaging with other kinksters, you know, publicly and privately. 
it's been a wild ride so far. So it's been fantastic. I look back now and go, wow, all the things that the misconceptions, all the, the naivete that I came into it with. <laughs> and now I look back and I'm going, wow, maybe I'm getting a little jaded, but <laughs> it's enjoyable, man. It's enjoyable. The scene can be a lot of fun. And when you meet up with a, a, a crowd that you hang with, it can be really very good social experience. Yes, it, it can be. And, and I mean, we encourage that because we do have is in, in my town up, up here in Barrie, Ontario, we have a very, very cool, really close knit community. Right. And there's always an influx of new folks and we like to encourage them to come out to the public meets and socialize and get to know the local community and the scene. And that way they, you know, they can become integrated and, and I've come to understand everything that, that is available, everything, all the, the mentorship, whether, well, whether it's mentorship or the friendship and, and also partners. I always see on FET and stuff, right? People always looking for partners or trying to explore. This is the best way. You get to know people. You get to, to learn who they are and trust and all that good stuff. And it, it really becomes a social, a very, very social thing, uh, especially for us up here. It is definitely, definitely. And you probably found some people you can rely on. Yeah, I mean, and it's incredible. Uh, I don't know if I'm, I'm just overly blessed up here. It's a significant group of individuals that I can say, you know, I can count on them as like, uh, you know, like a brother or a sister in, in, in that regard. And, and it, you, you create these incredible, incredible bonds that were very, very rare in my vanilla existence. Uh, however, in Kink, they, have you know they they multiplied, and I was really really a little I don't know if I could say shocked, but definitely uh, pleasantly surprised at the very least. So when you um, came into the scene and you started getting established, you probably found some leaders that were uh, guiding uh, some of the newer people around. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. One of the individuals that helped bring us out was a a friend or in in of my wife and she brought us out and she herself was helping out and eventually took on one of the munches, uh, in, in a nearby area. When we came up, up here to one of the larger munches up here in, in Barry proper. Yeah. There was, uh, the, the folks that were running the munch at the time, they welcomed us and made us feel right at home. And, you know, basically gave us a, a quick outline, you know, kind of thing of, of everything and really gave us guidance. And along with them, any number of other community individuals, all of which we are still friends to this day and very close that really have guided me along. And I'm just kind of when, you know, we joke about leadership and community leadership and we, we tend to call ourselves pylons and uh, pillars because I think it takes everybody to pitch in everybody. It's not just somebody all of a sudden going, woohoo, I'm the almighty leader of the community here and starts dictating. I think what it is is just you have some people that tend to be a bit more vocal and a bit more um, forward or upfront with ideas or maybe making things move in the right direction or somebody's got connections that can help out in providing, say, a venue or, say, equipment for a party or something like that. And people start 
you know, and so those people that can and actually do and, and fill those little, those needs and those niches within the community, I guess they're looked upon as leaders. And in that sense, that's pretty much where the folks that I first met and I continue to meet from various areas, that's what they do. And I see them doing what they love and passing on that, that passion and nurturing that community and nurturing everybody that comes in so they can take off and do, well, pretty much the same thing, right? The, the more the barrier. How do you identify in the scene? I guess now um, I've really, I guess I've taken on a bit more of a daddy dom kind of thing. I, it's, it, it is so, so much of a thing for, as far as DS is concerned, it's just so much of a thing for just Pixie and I. Uh, that that is really where my DS energies go to that. So mostly, I guess, uh, perhaps I'd rather, I'd be probably more comfortable and probably more accurate to say overall as a top at this time. Uh, ideally, I'm a switch because I will switch when, when the mood hits me, uh, much less so of late than, than I was at the beginning. And we did at one point also switch up, uh, on the DS level too, which was, Apparently, we were told that wasn't allowed. Um, <laughs> Not allowed. Somebody made a rule. I didn't get that book. <laughs> and I get it. I know that in 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 leather culture, I believe, and and in in some of the other, I guess, subcultures or whatever anybody wants to term it, uh, there are these rules. And if you're going to go along with with that style and that type of DS and those types of uh, protocols, then by all means, if you're going to live by the spirit of that, then I believe you should abide by the rules set out by all those folks that basically created this, this specific kink. Whoever they are. Whoever they are. And that's why. And I have a lot of friends that are, you know, in, in leather and leather culture and they abide by certain protocols. I totally respect those protocols. And if I'm dealing in that type of atmosphere and situation, then I abide by those protocols, right? When in Rome, do, do as the Romans do. It's very simple. It keeps things going along real smooth. And you know what? It really doesn't take that much more effort, right? And it earns you all a shit ton of uh, brownie points. Pardon the language. Well, it is a matter of, of being respect to the to the other people. To try to see things through through their eyes and their perspectives, I believe so. If I expect to to have received that level of respect, right, then I think it's uh, really incumbent on me to go ahead and also practice that myself. And I try to do that at every possible opportunities. The odd time I may fail, but you know. <laughs> well, we're all perfect. Because we say we are. Well, for sure. <laughs> one of the things I wanted to hit on is when you said that you, you had changed in your, your identity. I often tell new people when they come into the scene, don't be so fast to label yourself because it is going to change at some point. I believe that is true for, for I think, for a vast majority in, in my own personal experience. Obviously, that that's biased. But from what I've seen from others, even from uh, my pixie, uh, from other friends, 
that when you look back, say, you know, a, a half a dozen years or so, and as you you see where we started and if we see our, we look at ourselves now and we go, my goodness, there's been so much change, so many discoveries, the hard limits list. Right. I could have written it out on a roll of toilet paper. <laughs> right. Now I'm down, you know, we're, we're, we're down to just, you know, a handful that are very, very much, you know, on the human moral and, uh, legal, you know, side of things where it's like, yeah, just not acceptable behavior for humans as, as far as I'm concerned. And those are the ones that I set as hard limits. Everything else. You know what? If I haven't tried it yet, um, I'm probably just because I'm a bit chicken shit to try. It. Otherwise, uh, chances are at one point I will. Right? I mean, get to the end, uh, at least be able to say, "Glad I tried it." Versus, "God, I wish I tried it." <laughs> well, it's all about trust, and if you trust your partner, then you can really go a long distance because they know your values. Yeah, you, you build up that trust, and, and then you get that connection there too, right? Right. So you end up with, I don't know, I've done a bit of pickup play, and I've done a bit of how these these little kind of quickie connections, and they don't seem to quite, as for me anyways, the same type of response and the same type of energy and the whole, I don't know, it's that whole thing when you have a bit of a connection there, and, and it's... It kind of grows and everything around it grows with it. And, and it's a much more satisfying uh, experience to me anyways. But yeah, the, the trust and the ability to, I always tell people, it's like, yeah, you know what? Somebody, if, if whether it's, you know, I'm going ahead and somebody is allowing me <laughs> to essentially be responsible for their physical well-being and emotional well-being for a, you know, for a scene. I, I think you'd like to, know the person a little bit before you allow yourself to to do what things like I enjoy as a sadist to do and or, or have a masochist allow that to enjoy that that type of, uh, of situation or something like that it's trust yeah huge beast we have a sadist on the line I know One I was just my wheels were turning I'm a sadist <laughs> also and me too awesome. I'm a sick twisted man yes you are isn't that the point? <laughs> that's fun. Uh, that's what my partners say, anyway. Yeah. Uh, your your sadistic roots, that is so counter-cultural to where we came from as uh, North American citizens. Uh, being sadist is such a taboo. How did you ever surmount that? Oh, practice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You tried it once and you liked it. Right. Well, you know, I think if, if you go back at some point, you like poking things with a stick. Right. And, and I think I, I tapped into, I guess, to, to that bit of a mentality, the, the ability to turn around and take something and push it to an edge. And then, you know, and, and it's, I think what really was allowed me to do it was the fact that, well, <laughs> consenting masochists. <laughs> they right? are a blessing, aren't they? they? Are they not? I think no. I think so. I think so because there's a lot of crap that I'm allowed to do 
that <laughs> it would land you, you know, in prison otherwise. Well, yes, yes, it would, and you know, it, and it's it's something because it is it, it is such a liberating thing to just kind of think something and go, you know what? I've been given this coloring book, and I've been told you can do all of this on this page, and it's like, wow, okay. I'm I'm there. I'm going there. <laughs> as long as you don't draw outside the lines, you know. It's, hey, the the lines. I look at this. The lines is the uh, you know the spectrum that was negotiated. Right. Right. So you know what? When you're given so much to play with, going outside the lines is you haven't even gotten to the lines. You know, by the time you you get to through with everything that's just readily available and consented to, right there, it's just. So much. It's like a smart, it's like an all you can eat. So why go outside of that when you don't have, to? it just causes hay. And then when you're through and the, and the masochist is happy and glowing and say more. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, not often, <laughs> <laughs> but isn't that such a good feeling? It is a great feeling. So, although sometimes it feels like it's, you know, like the, they just ate like Chinese food, right? And like, how <laughs> are the back for more? Here comes the wiggly butt or something, right? <laughs> True. <laughs> uh, yes, I know several people that way. You are a culinary individual. The food references here are very interesting. I tell people that actually cooking food that's that's my biggest fetish um i love cooking for my friends i love feeding my friends i very much buy into that whole uh breaking bread with your friends with with people and i think that's the best way to make friendships it's also it's an excellent opportunity to create a support system right when times are tough and you need somebody to kind of look in the eye and go, hey, buck up. You're not alone through this. That's how, I think that's how you get that. And you build that trust and you build those connections. And I think food is the best way possible. It's just awesome. Somebody asked me once, and actually my brother, you know, asked me about exactly why I, I do that. And I said, you know what? I feel it make a, I feel connected. Something I went ahead and created has nourished my friends they in turn go out and have their kinky fun times and it's all part of that energy i get a little hokey when it comes to energy and stuff but it's part of part of my belief thing there and yeah and cooking and feeding folks and yeah and i have fun creating shit because even mistakes right you, well what do you do when there you make are a mistake? no mistakes they are learning experiences exactly <laughs> Tell us about your radio experience. Oh, uh, it's one of those things. You know what? I have had a little bit of a of a love affair with uh, talk radio. I remember, you know, being a kid and 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 listening to the Sunday Funnies or listening to the old radio shows, especially the stuff, the old stuff from like the the forties and 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 the thirties. Uh, you know, theater of the mind, all that good stuff. I've always had this thing about wanting to someday do it. And a friend of mine, uh, Brooklyn, interviewed me for her uh, TPOK radio. Well, it was just crazy hard at the time. The TPOK radio uh, interview. And uh, from there said, hey, you know what? Would you be interested in doing a 
you know, a podcast, a radio show. And uh, I said, sure. And uh, yeah, last, uh, what was it? Just over a year now. It was last March on the 6th, did my first radio show. And it's, you know, my uh, brother Cypress joined in, co-host. And uh, yeah, we just figured, why not do one of these things where you sometimes sit around with a friend and you you drink, you know, you have a drink or whatever, and you're having a chit chat and you bring up stuff that perhaps in polite company, one wouldn't talk about. So I figured, you know what, why don't we do that? Right. Because sometimes it's like having that, you know, that white elephant in the room. Everybody knows what's there, but nobody wants to talk about it. It's like that third rail. And that's why I called it that. It's like you touch that third rail, you're dead. Right. It's like, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Social Security. Right. Don't touch it. Right? All that, all that stuff. Right. So I figured, well, let's go. Let's go touch the icky stuff. Right. Let's talk about what happens, you know, rape and let's talk about what happens, you know, with everything that goes on in the scene, the, the, the good side, the awesome side. But let's, let's be real. There are, there is some ugly side out there and to just stick your head in the sand like a ostrich, nah. That doesn't cut it. It doesn't make for a safe community. I, I sure as hell want to be safe if I'm going to be out and about and and partying and, and wanting to to express myself and feel safe. What are you calling this podcast? The Third Rail. The Third Rail. The okay. Third Rail on TPOK Radio. All right. So our listeners will have some links for this, Woody? They will indeed. Yes. They will be on the show page and... Uh... Travel on over and see Preacher Bear's uh, project over there. And, uh, you know, The Beast and I started this cast from a very similar uh, route that you did. Uh, We had both been in the scene 20-odd years, and we wanted to give back to community and uh, share experiences and bring our friends in to talk about uh, just storytelling, like the way we started this episode. You know, how Mm -hmm. did you get into it? What did you do? What did it feel like? Those sorts of things. We have friends that have had problems and run into bad situations. And it's better that people know about that than just sweeping it under the carpet like in the vanilla world it would be. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. And, and I think that's something, too, we did. I mean, uh, one of the first episodes I did was the uh, John Gomeshi trial. And it was the, the whole thing was premised on sexual assault, but that it wasn't. And one of the excuses was that because it was BDSM related. Now, ultimately, it, it didn't become what people thought it was going to become. There was, it was a disaster, but either way, it was something that was critical because it very much touched on what is consent and what isn't consent. And because a lot of people said, well, if they were aware, the whole thing was around rough sex because it was a kinky thing. And everybody was aware that everybody liked the rough sex and the rough sex happened. But then the complainant said, well, no, we talked about it, but no consent wasn't asked for until after it occurred, which, you know what? I think in, in our scene, I think we know a little bit better to know that consent comes before the action, you know. You do it first, and then you go, hey, is that okay? You're asking for trouble, and I, I, many of us believe that that is a clear consent violation. And and maybe bringing some clarity to a subject such as that, that's one of the key things for us as well on, on our show. 
consent is such a uh, major pillar of our kinky world. Where things go wrong is when people renegotiate in the middle of a scene when endorphins are flowing and, oh, well, here, let me just take it up a notch beyond where we had agreed to go is where things start to go horribly wrong. Mm -hmm. That's when consent is revoked, if it can be, if the person is of mind to do that. Yeah, and we've read about it. I've seen it a couple times uh, where, you know, it was supposed to be this type of scene and then partway or two-thirds of the way through it, uh, a new element was added. And then all of a sudden, there's a red that I guess if if you're observing, you probably go, well, that happened much quicker than was expected kind of thing or or wasn't expected really at all. And then you realize, oh, okay, I see this is – you find out later that, yeah, this was went beyond what was negotiated and somebody made a suggestion. And then when the reality of it came into play, they snap out of it. Everything's gone horribly wrong. And that's it now. So, yeah, I'd say stick to what you negotiated. You want to try something new? Hey, post scene, you can chat about it. You can negotiate it for the next scene. It's like, what's the rush? Take your time. The feet must be back on the ground by all players before you start a negotiation. You would think so, right? If you get somebody that you're playing, somebody that is obviously, you know, intoxicated to the point where really, I think it's the same thing. You know, once you get to a point where whether it's because of your endorphins or whatever it is, or whether it's an external source like alcohol or, or drugs, if you're at a point where really your judgment cannot be trusted, yeah, no, you shouldn't be renegotiating or anything. <laughs> I had a scene that uh, I called because I thought it had gone far enough. And the submissive says, no, 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 I want more. I said, you are running on endorphins and you don't know where you are. And she demanded that she was and she went to stand up and she fell into a puddle. And uh, I said, that's why. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I've, um, I've had a couple of scenes where I haven't had anybody really ar- argue it because as part of my negotiation, I usually tell them, let them know that, Hey, by the way, we know each other's safe words here. But as the top, if I'm noticing that, you know, maybe I'm, you're feeling, you know, something's not going exactly where I feel it needs to be at, I'm going to bring things to a grinding halt kind of thing, right? To make sure you're, you're cool with everything. And, um, and it just happened a couple of times where we're playing, everything was going fantastic. You know, there was no broken skin. There was no nothing. It's just that it'd been a, a fairly long scene. And at this point, uh, my bottom was actually really overheating and she had already had a couple of previous scenes too. Greedy was she. You know what? It was all planned and it is something. Well, yes, very, very greedy, but I, I love her, her type of greed. And under no, most circumstances, she would have been quite fine. I think what it was, it was just that whole atmosphere and the intensities uh, of those scenes. By the time, you know, at a certain point, it was, she was all gun ho for it, right? At this point, she was riding so high that you could have, Shut her with a bazooka, she wouldn't have known, right? And so at that point, I think it's kind of like, okay, you're overheating, and I don't think I can take this any further. I need to make sure that you're not going to have 
you know, a possible medical issue, right? It's like, we love to hurt you, no, not harm you. <laughs> Sounds like, uh, Preacher Barry, you're comfortable with making the hard calls. On the third rail, you tackle some tough issues, sounds like. Are there any negative feedback or disputes that arise from these uh, difficult topics that you tackle? No, not really. You know, what? Uh, we propose the issues or, or we just highlight them, really. And ultimately, uh, I tell people, it's like, listen, we'll give our opinion. We'll fire off our view. But the whole idea is to get everybody else that's listening and on the chat to actually start talking about that and take that discussion with them and take it to their friends and pass that discussion on and get people to start talking about these things, right? And the more people are talking about it, the better everybody starts to understand each other, the better we can all get along, the better our communities do. It just, I think it's just something that can have nothing but positivity all the way around. And those that want to argue, say, against the point or the other, hey, it's their point of view. Many of us may think that they're not quite right with with their way of thinking. They themselves, I'm pretty sure, are thinking, hey, you know what? I don't quite agree. I don't think your thinking is in line with mine. That's fine. Right? We don't have to agree on everything. I even tell them, I even tell my pictures, I love you, but I don't always like you. <laughs> I know that, and I'm probably going to get in trouble when I get home for saying it. Yes, you are. Uh, you know what? I've, I've proven it positive. My wife asked me once. Do these jeans make my ass look fat? Oh no, there is there no is no answer. answer. Yeah. Yes, there is. What do you mean? There's no. There is a definite answer. It's called no, baby. Your jeans have nothing to do with that. And then they accuse. Oh, oh. Then oh. they don't ask again. And you're still they breathing. Want to be truthful. <laughs> oh, truthful is not the right answer in this and case. And you're still breathing. Well, I did say, you know, I'm a bit of a switch, right? So yeah. I do have a masochistic side. Yes, you do. Obviously <laughs> so. Uh, too much. Oh. <laughs> Can't recover from that one. <laughs> I am thinking about telling any of my girls that. and uh, No, no. <laughs> you know, it goes back to uh, parents. You know, don't ask questions you don't want to know the answers to. Exactly. Exactly. Never That's ask a question you don't know the answer to. You know what? I did that. We've had an episode where we did uh, the word all about no and the word no. And I said, and one of the things people I've seen before is people saying, well, you know, I wasn't prepared for the answer. I mean, how can you not be prepared for the answer? You know, it's either going to end up on either the positive side or the negative side. That's it. Even a maybe is not a positive. So guess what? Be prepared for it. Understand that they could say no, and then you don't end up butthurt. It's all good. <laughs> we recently had a episode on uh, the affirmative consent, and that is. Yes is the only answer to go on. Yeah. You know, and, and that's something, like I said, for some, I mean, my partner and I, we practice C&C, consensual non-consent. Okay. And everything that happens, even within that type of scenario, has been pre-negotiated. Right. 
there are certain things that they trust. So I know that within that context, I know where I can go and I know that's where she wants to go and everything's cool. Outside of that, I don't care. Yeah, I want an enthusiastic consent. If it's not enthusiastic, it's potentially going to go wrong anyway. They have to be on board. Right? I just think so, you know, because what what did you do? Did you just kind of go, oh, you asked them 50,000 times and now just to shut you the hell up, they gave in to you? Yeah, that's going to go well, isn't it? Right, exactly. I was like, no, man, give me, you know what? If I'm going to play, if I'm going to have uh, sex, whatever it is I'm going to do with somebody else, I want them to be looking forward to participating at least as much as I am, right? That that almost guarantees, you know, unless things really go horribly wrong, but if everybody's in the right place and on the same page, guess what? It's going to be fantastic. Go with that good, clear, concise, and yes, consent. <laughs> And with that comes a lot of blossom of fun. It's incredible. I'm, I've heard the argument about, um, what is it? Oh, well, what about spontaneity? And I was like, I'm like, hold on. A lot of times I, when, when we discuss how we play, I, if somebody's playing with me, I let them know. First off, what type of scene do they want? You know, is it going to be wax? Is it going to be fire cupping? Is it going to be whatever it's going to be? You know, whipping or cane. Hey. What is it we're going with here? What are your limitations? Some say, oh, I want to feel this, but no marks. But you got to take all of these things into consideration. You've got all this negotiation. Now you have this pile of stuff that you can do. And if you can condense 50-odd implements of pain plus several dozen ideas and into, say, a one-hour scene, you probably doing too much and overcomplicating what you were going for running out of things within the context of what's been negotiated. Nah, man, you've got a whole, you know, a universe to play with within that. Plus there's an energy crisis, our own, you know, we can't go on for six hours. Well, the beast can, but no, I'm, I'm down to four. You're down to four. You I'm know, down to I, four. When I met him, he could do six. <laughs> I guess I kind of, um, I, I could say I probably did that too, that whole on like, woohoo, run around like, you know, chicken head cut off. But, um, yeah, now I cheat a bit, you know, I sit more, I talk more, I limit how many scenes I end up having. Otherwise I end up a vegetable by the end of the night. Sometimes a vegetable's good and sometimes it's not. It just depends where your head's at. Is it Sunday night or is it Saturday night? <laughs> if it's Sunday night, we're screwed. Yeah. Yeah. By Sunday night, you know, well, I don't know. Sometimes I'm I'm looking at it now. And I'm going, man, I'm coming up on a on a half century, and I'm going. I, I'm surprised I can still get as much done as I can. <laughs> Listen to this, this old guy we have. On yeah, the line here. yeah, yeah, yeah. We both beat you. We both have you by a few years minimal. That's okay. That's okay. See, that gives me gives me something to aim for. Oh, you got another fifty years to go. I hope yeah. so. Government ends on me for my taxes. <laughs> well, I got a decade and a half ahead of you, so. And I'm still out there doing it, so it can't be bad. No, no. I just didn't quite believe anybody when they said, they don't mortgage your body in your youth because you'll feel it when you're older. <laughs> 
if we could only have heeded that advice. Oh, yeah. But we, we would have missed out on a whole lot of fun. <laughs> I want to go back in time and take the mind that I have today with me because I know what I would change. Oh, my God. It would, it would have been such a wreckage in high school. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Knowing what I know now, but, oh, yeah, that would have been. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Boy, did his mind go off on that one. I love it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Preacher Bear, this has been a fun uh, half hour, and I really do appreciate your time tonight. Oh, no, guys, thank you so much for having me on. This has been a blast. Uh, like I said, I love to grab and chatting with you guys has been fantastic. Thank you. Thank you so much. And listeners, please check out the Preacher Bear on at the third rail. The people of kink. The people of kink. Awesome. Thank you, guys. You have been listening to episode 173 of the Kinky Cast. For more information about this show, go to kinkycast.com. The Kinky Cast is a production of Rooster in the Round. On behalf of all our Kinky crew, I'm Max. See you next week when we present Angelique Luna, podcaster. 